on, come on. Who's fired up to be in the house of God this weekend? Woo! Wow. Woo! What a mighty God we serve. If you're a guest, we are thrilled that you chose to worship with us this weekend. You make our worship even greater by your presence with us. We take it as an honor. All of our campuses, we say hello, welcome. If you are online watching this someplace or some other time, we say we love you, welcome. Also, God Behind Bars, my favorite campus. Come on, somebody, let's welcome our God Behind Bars campuses. Incredible to see you. It's good to be, it's good to be back with you. Uh, a few weeks ago, Michelle and I are traveling. We coach churches, and and I'm doing some. We're doing some other speaking. But uh, if we are not here, we watch online. And a couple weeks ago, Pastor Zach, our pastor, he sort of uh, he sort of said that I honor him because I try to dress like him. Understand if there's a father and the son, it's always the father first. But even with that, I want you to look at this and tell me how am I supposed to emulate that? But you're like, what am I supposed to do with that? That is your pastor right there. Come on, somebody. I'm the fashionista, not him. Well, again, who's excited to be here? Now, one of the things that I hope you do is pray for Pastor Zach and Rachel and their family. I was thinking about it, even working on this message. See, Michelle and I took a core group of 250 founders, and God began to do an incredible work. And, and we grew, and the church grew together. And as the church expanded our ability, our leadership, our anointing, it grew right along with it. And, and, and so we just continued, and then we added campuses, and we kept growing. And, and so I never felt that just overarching weight. But what happened with Pastor Zach is we just took the crane and took the burden off me and wheeled it around, and we dumped it in his truck. And, you know, trucks are rated for weight. Like an F-150 is rated for half a ton. Well, we dropped tons of weight into their life. Are y'all with me? So I pray for them every day. I lean in for wisdom, for anointing, for peace. So I want you guys, how many of you agree we're going to pray for our pastor every day? Come on, there we go. There we go. Now, aren't you glad we serve a generous God? That's incredible. Our God is a giver. He gives love. He gives life. He bought our salvation. He gives blessings. He does miracles. He does wonders. He guides us. He protects us. He gives us peace. He walks with us. He's there in the storm. He's there in the fire. God is always there. God is incredibly generous. And I believe every morning when I get up that God gets in his treasure truck. And he puts it in reverse, beep, beep, beep. And he backs up to me, and he just dumps blessing. Am I the only blessed person in the house? Come on, who are Anybody else blessed? Come on, man, we are blessed. That's why I say I'm God's favorite. I think the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit meet to say, what else can we do for him? And they literally just create ways to bless me and Michelle. I love life. It's incredible. 
See, the reason that we pray is because we believe God is generous and he'll answer our prayers. If, God, if we didn't believe God would answer our prayers, we'd quit praying. This is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Now, we, Faith Promise has, has traveled on one of the tracks is that we've got a bunch of folks who are extremely obedient and generous in funding the vision of Faith Promise Church. Remember, in December, we had our largest single gift ever. Somebody gave half a million dollars. Come on, somebody. Come on. And we paid $2 million worth of debt off. We're going to pay two more million this year. And the end of 26, I'm going to say, next generation, you are debt-free. Keep swinging, keep rocking, build the greatest church since the day of Pentecost. Now, would you agree that God blesses obedient givers? Would anybody, anybody agree with that? Yeah, no question. Let me, let me prove it to you, those of you that are not quite sure. Luke chapter 6, verse 38 says this. Give, and it will be. They will press, they will pour into your lap a good measure, press down, shaken together, and running over. For by whose standard? By your standard of measure, it's going to be measured to you in return. And some of you wonder, I don't ever seem to get anything in return. Right, because you're stingy. You don't give, you don't, you don't give of yourself, you don't give, and you're wondering, how come everybody doesn't give to me? Because can I tell you something? Generosity looks good on you. It looks good on you. Generous with your words. It doesn't cost you anything to be positive and affirming and encouraging. Every room you walk into, it's going to be great. It's going to be wonderful. Every, you know, all your relationships, it doesn't cost you anything. Gifts. I love to give gifts. I buy something for Michelle, and I have to give it to her before the day. So I bought her a new vehicle for Christmas, and I couldn't wait to give it to her. And so I said, let's go down. Let's go down to Beatty's. I bought you a car. What would you buy? Well, you see, when we get there, come on. And I said, this, Merry Christmas, and happy birthday, and happy anniversary, and Happy Valentine's Day, and in the year 2035, you'll get another gift. It's just, it's, it's that being, being, giving a gift, actions. I've got a group of friends, and, and they're, they, I'm always doing a project on my barn, on our barn, and they're always ready to come over and help. They're just generous with their actions. And then there are people that are generous in giving. They're obedient. They give to God first. They bring their tithe in the storehouse. And they're just generous with people. <clears throat> Generosity draws people to you, and being stingy repels people from you. Would y'all agree with that? Who wants to be around a stingy person? You know, I'll go to lunch with somebody, and I usually fight for the check. And, and I have learned how to always get the check. Because there'll be two couples and the, 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 the server will come and say who gets the check, and we'll both of us guys, Clay Lincoln's just sitting down in front, I'll say I do, he says I do, and I immediately say he doesn't tip. <laughs> Clay, come on. And do you know what that server does? 
here you go, sir. <laughs> I've had a couple of wives mad at me. He, whoo, uh, 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 no, no, he tips. Too late, I won. <laughs> but if I went to lunch with somebody who never fought for the two, expected me to always buy lunch, other than Michelle's children, but I mean a, a friend, <laughs> I quit going to lunch with them. Are y'all with me? Nobody wants to be around sinful people. So in this series, Looted, Pastor Zach has tried to help us stop letting the love of money twist up, up into debt and rob you of your happiness. Now, let me ask you a question. If you're listening to Sam, does Jesus teach us to help us? Are you, are you, you sure? Jesus teaches us to help us. So here we go. This is what Jesus said trying to help us in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, part of the great, the, uh, the, the Sermon on the Mount. No one can serve how many masters? For he will, either, he will hate one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and, well, now, all of us would say, true, truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. We'd all say that, and yet if we could be honest, we're holding on to God, and we're holding on to money, and we got this tug of war going on. Now, we know more money won't make us happy. Are you with me? But yet we strive anyway. The Bible says that life is more than the sum of your possessions. Your, your, net, your, your self-worth is worth more than your net worth. Now, if you give me a choice, hey, pastor, do you want more money or less money? What am I going to choose? More. More. You know why? Because money is an incredible tool. It's an unbelievable tool. It gives you options. It gives you freedom. It gives you the ability to give. It does all kinds of things. I, it, it takes stress off. I, it's, but listen, so money's an incredible tool. It's a terrible taskmaster. It will beat you like an Egyptian tax, ma- tax master, master in the Old Testament beating the Hebrew slaves. Now, and what, what Jesus is trying to help us understand is that you cannot serve God. And literally, he said, he didn't say money or wealth. He said mammon. Mammon is the Assyrian god of wealth in Jesus' day. Mammon is a spirit. There's a spirit that draws us to have more. Y'all with me? Okay, y'all get, it's just, it just, I need more. I want more. I'll be, I'll be happy with more. And if we're not careful, mammon will pull us away from God, God's plans and God's purpose for us. Now, you can have stuff. There's nothing wrong with having stuff. Some of, you go to Hebrews 11, the Hall of Fame of Faith. Some of those guys were ex- exceedingly wealthy. You can have stuff as long as stuff doesn't have you. Michelle and I live like this. Hey, I, you know what, man, we got toys, we got stuff, we got all this, and God, you can have it anytime you want it. We were happy living in a single wide. We were happy living on the lake. We're happy living over in Bearden. Because see, joy doesn't come from what you own. It comes from inside your heart. And the Bible warns us over and over and over and over that greed is an idol. And greed is an insatiable desire to acquire. 
As a matter of fact, there are a ton of people here this weekend that you want more so much that you will disobey God in tithing. You'll say, I know I'm supposed to, but I want more. That spirit of mammon causes us to disobey this loving, wonderful, generous God who said, bring 10% of your produce, of what you earn, of what you gain, into my house. And, and, and honestly, listen, I hate how much money messes people up. Money jacks people up. It's one of the top reasons for divorce. It's one of the top reasons for partners and businesses it's one of the, to fail, it's one of the top reasons for relational ruin. Matter of fact, you know, it is one of the top reasons that people are sick, stress, worry, fear, anxiety, fretting, that just causes hypertension. It causes migraines. It causes cardiovascular stress. It causes lower GI tract. It causes ulcers. It causes all these things. Why? Because we're living under this constant pressure of money, just pressure that it robs our health. Does this make sense? And Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, and I'll take care of everything else. But we don't trust God enough to believe that he will. So we have to worry, fret, and stress. When Michelle gets worried, I've told you before, I say, listen, call your dad. He loves to worry. And tell him and he'll worry for you. Or call my mom. She loves to worry. Michelle, she said, you're not worried. I said, if you look on my calendar every Thursday evening from 6 until 6.15, I've got worry. <laughs> and you say, well, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Right. And so is you as a believer living under the pounding fear and worry about the future. I don't care who gets elected in November. Jesus is coming back. Actually, I'd love it if he came back before the election. Are y'all with me? And after we're gone, we'll let the Democrats and Republicans fight it out. Because we'll be in heaven. So some of you want to be an extravagant giver. Are y'all with me? I want you to hear something. You should get this. Extreme stewardship is required to be an extravagant giver. See, we believe God blesses giving. Would y'all agree with that? Y'all agree with that? Okay. God blesses good stewardship just like he blesses giving. God doesn't bless poor stewardship. Now, stewardship is not giving. The word steward means a manager, a manager of someone else's resources. When you were saved, you gave ownership up to Jesus of everything in your life. Is that right? They're his kids. It's his marriage. That money, it's all his. And he wants you to manage it for him. So how well are you doing managing, stewarding? Are you living paycheck to paycheck? Are you running out of money before you run out of month? Are you obediently bringing your tithe into the storehouse every week or other week or every month? 
Are you, are you doing those things? Are you with me? Or are you, you walking that? So I, I was asking God about this, and they're, they're not, these are not exclusive, but there's four reasons I want to give you why 80% of you, eight out of 10 people that walked in a door this weekend at a campus are not tithers. Are you ready? Number one, you didn't know you were supposed to. I'm about to fix that. You're welcome. Because it's my job and our pastor's job to, to, to clearly give you the truth so you can obey God. So we're going to do it. Number two, you don't understand, Pastor. I can't afford it. I can't afford it. I can't afford it. I, which means you're not a good steward. No, that's not what it means. It means I don't make up enough money. If you are not a good manager with a little, you will suck with a lot. Matter of fact, listen, we're all going to stand accountable for what we did with all of God's resources. Why would you ask God for more to be accountable when you're already not faithful with what you have? Does this make sense? So, as you heard, uh, all of our campus pastors, at the, at, uh, before we all joined together, we provided Ramsey stuff for you. You can go on there. You can get download a budget. You can download the debt snowball. You can do all these things. You can do all these things to help you be a better steward. Now, can I just tell you, Michelle and I, we got married. We were tithers, but we were terrible stewards. We didn't make much money. Our first church in Louisiana, we made $16,000 a year, and it wasn't enough. We were giving 20%. I would never tell you to do that, but that's what we do because we want to be extravagant givers. And so uh, Michelle would clean houses at night where I could babysit. In the day, I would be at the church or I was building building houses, and we just combined everything to try to make ends meet. Does this make sense? And so we were not good stewards as far as managing. We were good stewards as far as giving, but not managing. We become better stewards, and now for we have margins. Number three, I want to keep all my money. It's my money. I'm not giving jack away. That's a significant portion of people. You have money. You're not living paycheck to paycheck, but you don't give because you're disobedient to God. And let me tell you the answer is repent. Repent. I'm walking this way, stingy, not obeying God. Repent. I'm going to turn. I'm going to begin to obey God biblically and financially. Does this make sense? Number four. This is a tough one. Me and my spouse disagree on what we should give. (laughs) What that does means we don't give anything usually. But but we, we, we disagree. I think we should tithe. She doesn't think so. She thinks we should. He doesn't think so. So I'm going to ask you, are we, should we obey God? Yeah. Then pray together until God gives you an answer. Pray together. Now look what God says. God speaks about this topic in probably one of the most clear pa- passages ever. After God gets done with this and this, he's not going to speak for 400 years. He doesn't utter a sound. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. He said, listen, you guys are blowing it. I should just go ahead and do away with you. But I am patient, loving, and kind, so I'm not. 
From the days of your father, you have turned aside from my statutes. You have not what? Now, 80% of us don't tithe. Have we kept God's statutes? No. And uh, you, you've not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says Lord of hosts. But you say, how do we return to you? Great question. God says, will a man rob God? Yeah, you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you in tithes and offerings? You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Now, were there some people that were tithing at that point in the ball game? Of course there were. But the, are there some people that tithe at faith promise? Yes, there are. But the greatest propensity of people that come here don't. We're robbing God, and we're cursed with a curse. If you're going to get mad at somebody, get mad at God. Are you with me? Y'all with me? That bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house and test me now in this. Many of us don't tithe because we're afraid of the future. You're more afraid of a financial future than you are trusting of God that he's Jehovah Jireh and he'll provide. Bring the whole tithe in the storehouse so that there may be food in my house and test me now in this, says Lord of hosts. If I will not God... Jehovah, Elohim, Adonai, El Shaddai, Yahweh, the creator, if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows, then I'm going to rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your ground, nor uh, will your vine in the field cast its grapes, says Lord of hosts, and all the nations will call you blessed, for you shall be a delightful land. Listen. People that are lost should be looking at us saying we're the most blessed people around. Why? Because we're faithful to God and he blesses us. They should want to come. Just, I mean, just like we had an incredible marriage retreat and I was so broken about so many marriages that are struggling that didn't come. Listen, you want to get better? Get off your butt and get in stinking gear. Are y'all with me? If my marriage was bad, it'd be on my growth plan. I'd be working on it. If my finances were bad, it'd be on my growth plan, and I would be working on it. I'd be working on getting out of debt. I'd be working on a budget. I'd be working on a margin. Are y'all with me? And so we just want to help you. We want so much more for you than we want from you. And you say, well, you know, Pastor, I've been, I've been listening to some podcasts. Be careful what you listen to on the Internet. And they told me that tithing is Old Testament. Well, they lied because they're stupid as a stick. Matthew 23, 23 says this. If you're listening, say, I am. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. You hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin. You take the minute garden herbs, divide them up, and you bring 10% to the storehouse and have neglected the weightier provisions of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. But these things you should have done. What are the things? Tithe. Now, God puts tithing on the bottom shelf. 
He puts justice and faithfulness and mercy on the top shelf. He said, these things you should have done without neglecting the others. So let me tell you, how you deal with your money tells me a lot about you. Because how you do anything is pretty much how you do everything. And I ask God for more with fear and trembling because I'll be accountable for more. He that's been given much, much will be required. Obedience requires good stewardship. Extravagant generosity requires extreme stewardship. You can't give extravagantly without great stewardship. So God blesses stewardship. I'm managing his resources just like he blesses giving. Now, if God gives you a dollar, do you have more money? Yes. If God gives you a dollar, does he have less money? You see the difference. God gives us the gift of stewardship, and we want to help you. That's why we do the Ramsey Solution. We, that's why we do financial peace classes. We do all these things to try to help you get your life in order. Because God doesn't want you stressed out. When I grew up, you know the phone ring, God answer the phone! Somebody would scream because it was a bill collector. Y'all remember those calls? And I've watched my stepdad go out there and pull the meter and flip it and run it backwards. Can't do that anymore, by the way. I tried. And then <laughs> stealing energy and then flip the other way. I've seen one of my stepdads go outside when our water's cut off with bolt cutters, cut the lock off and cut the water back on. So I understand the stress of financial pressure. Michelle and I lived with it probably for 15 years while our kids were little. But the better stewards that we became, the more money we had to give, the more options that we had. Now, we don't give to get, but we get because we give. If you get because you want God to give you more, God, I'm going to give you $5 in the offering. You have to give me five back. I'm going to give five so I get 10. You're serving mammon. You're bargaining with God because you want more. If, if, if you're serving mammon, listen, you, you bring your tithe and then your, the transmission goes out in your car, you're going to be mad at God because you're still serving mammon. See, we give because we love and honor God. We give because Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. We give because we believe in the vision of Faith Promise Church. Are you? We give because we want to be the kind of people that are generous. So last year, we gave 25%. You know what, Michelle and I go to the gym because we want to be the kind of people that are healthy. We don't want to be couch slugs. We want to be the kind of people. We give because we want to be the kind of people that are generous. Our habits, listen, the habits that you choose determine what kind of person you're going to be. And we want to be generous people. Now imagine, we got a lot of business owners. Imagine somebody comes to you and says, listen, i got a business deal. I've got a business that's up and running, completely turnkey. I'm making several million dollars a month, and I'm going to give you this business lock, stock, and barrel. 
The only thing I'm going to ask is you keep 90% of all the revenue. Now, do you know what you're going to say? What's the catch? Come on, aren't you? This deal's too good to be true. This is not right, but that's what God did. I'm going to give you talents and gifts and abilities. I'm going to put up doors for you to make money. I'm going to put doors for you to prosper. I'm going to provide all that you need, and all I ask is you keep 90%. And we say, but the heck no. I want it all because mammon is on me. Isn't it crazy how good we are? We all screamed a few minutes ago, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. And yet we rob God and we steal. Moses goes to Egypt, he rescues the Israelites. Y'all remember the story? They do all the, all the wonders and then God tells Moses, tell the people when we leave to plunder Egypt. Ask all your neighbors for all their gold, all their jewelry, jewelry, all their fabric, every, all their gold, all their diamonds. Ask your neighbors. The Passover, you know, the whole deal happens. Pharaoh says, get out of here. And the Egyptians tell all the, uh, the Israelites, tell the Egyptians, we want your stuff. They give it to them. 400 years they've been slaves. Now they're all rich. They're rich. And they leave. And they go through the Red Sea. And God does all these miracles. Water from a rock, manna from heaven. What's the first thing they did with their money? They built an idol, a golden calf, and bowed down and said, look, the God that brought us out of Egypt. God gives us so much. And the first thing we do is say, I want it all. Man, this is a lot better life than this. This is where you put your hand in a jar and made a fist, grabbed it, and you cannot get it out. And you live trapped. God wants more for that. Now let me backstroke just a tap. There's some of you here say, I don't want to give. Well, of course you don't. You don't know God. Nobody wants to give before they meet Jesus. You see, Jesus transforms your heart and makes you want to be obedient. Does that make sense? That's just how God works. So some of you with us this weekend, all across all our campuses, God behind bars online, and you've never really truly been born again. Jesus doesn't live in your heart. You may have grown up in church, but it's all about checking a box on Sunday morning, and you don't think about God all week long. You don't do anything about God. Why would you think you have a relationship with him? So if you're not sure where you are, we're going to give you an opportunity to open your heart and give it to Jesus. And so we're going to just pray a simple prayer. We're going to pray it out loud with you. And you're just going to invite Jesus in your heart and forgive you of your sins. So with every, every head bowed, every eye closed, let's pray this prayer together. Say, Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned all my fault. We're separated. You died for me. You rose from the grave. Now I'll put my faith in you. Save me. Adopt me. Forgive me. Give me the faith to follow you. Now, head bowed and eyes closed. If you just prayed that prayer in a minute, slip your hand up and say, Pastor, I prayed that prayer with you. Slip it up. Slip it up. 
ushers or, or, or look for those, okay? Got it? Got it? Got it? Okay, now look up. Now, if no one saw you, there's a communication card in front of you, or take your phone and tap that round magic circle in the chair in front of you. Online, click the little hands that said, I prayed with the pastors. Click those two hands, or you can take the physical card and fill it out if you're in a physical location. And just say, I, I prayed with you, I prayed with the pastor, and we'll follow up. If you hit the thing, a communication card, you can fill it out digitally, we'll follow up. We just want to help you. Amen? Now, next step. Do me a favor. I don't care if this is your first time or you've done this for 30 straight years. It's easier for us if you take your phone now, click the circle again. It's so magic, a new card's coming up. Click the card, and hey, there is a physical card, but there's going to be a card that says Building God's Kingdom. Now, the reason I want you to fill this out is Pastor Zach asked for these so that he can pray over these, and we can send you information. So over the next month, we're going to be, we're going to be sending you resources depending on how you respond. So the top line. How would you say you and your family are doing financially right now? We're at, we're at level one. We're emergency. Two, three. Or having to choose which bills we're going to pay, four and five. Budget's tight, but it's manageable. Six and seven. Or strong financially at a margin in our budget, eight, nine, and ten. Circle or click one of those. Because how you respond to that is going to be the tools that we're going to email you. We're going to send you things. Pastors, I can write you're committed to help all of us do that. So fill that out. Then now, uh, next line, everyone's at a different place in their decision uh, to contribute. Will you take a faith step and move up one level? There are four levels. Level one is a beginner. You've never given you never dreamed you'd give and you thought all, all the church wanted is your money and now you think, hey, I want to do it. Just shake beginner, you're going to give at, at, at whatever. Just, I'm going to begin giving. You can get that. I'm going to give, I'm going to commit to give at least once in the next 90 days. A learner, which means the last time you were here, you checked a beginner and you like giving. God's starting to move on your heart. And click learner. That means you're going to put God in your budget at a percentage. And you're going to do that for the next 90 days. Tither, I'm going to left up. I'm going to bring 10% of my income to the house of the Lord. Now, uh, we, we give you a, on the back side of that card a 90-day money-back challenge. If you've never tithed, try tithing for the next 90 days. Fill this out. If you're not glad you tithe, we'll give all your money back. If we can believe Malachi 3, test me now on this. If, if John 3, 16, we can believe Malachi 3. Or level four, I'm a kingdom builder. I want to organize my life. Like Pastors Chris and Michelle, we want to organize our life around the ability to fund the vision of Faith Promise Church. We could cut our giving 10%, have a lot more money. We'd rather advance the kingdom of God. And so there's a 90, uh, on the bottom 90 day money back guarantee. So in just a second, ushers are going to come forward. You could put the uh, communication cards in. If you did physical, you could put these cards in. Uh, if you're doing it digitally, which I see lots of you are, send that in. Because, again, make sure you put your name, your email, your phone number. 
We're not going to dun you about what you gave. Pastor Zach wants to send you information to help you. Again, the, 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 Ramsey, graphic, the, the, the Ramsey deal is there for you. However, we can help you. Now, uh, there are lots of ways that we give around here. Easiest, you could, you could tap the disc. You can give in the foyer. Uh, you can give uh, amount. You can text to the number that's in front of you or on the screen. Or you can drop in the buckets when they come by. Michelle and I set up reoccurring giving. So on the day that we were supposed to get paid, the first thing that comes out, we bring our first 10% to the house of God. We do it electronically. We want to make sure that he gets the, he, that, that God gets the first portion. Are we good? Now, in just a second, that's just going to come forward. I'm going to pray for us. And we're going to stand. We're going to worship. Maybe you say, I need some prayer, man. Finances are killing us. We'll have our prayer counselors down front. Whatever you need, we want to, you can come take the Lord's Supper. You can light a candle praying for a lost person, whatever the case. Father, ushers come forward. God, we pray right now. We pray for the offering. Father, we'll just pray for the offering. We, God, we pray for, we pray for everyone who takes a step of faith this week and that you will meet them in an incredible way. And that God, would us be a church of obedient believers following you in every level of our life. So God, bless the gift and the giver this weekend. Bless those that make new commitments. And God, I pray for financial freedom at every FP family that attends here. I pray, God, that you'll take away the stress, the anxiety, and the fear. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, come on, let's stand and worship.